Beyond the Ball, fueling your faith and family through sport. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Beyond the Ball. Be sure to check out these other coaching-focused podcasts on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture, plus our NBA team-focused podcasts, Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Daily Thunder, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At The Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey guys, it's Beyond the Ball, back with a, another midweek podcast. Coach Klump, how you doing? Hey, we're doing this podcast thing. I know that we're coming on, or this could be close to our 50th episode, and I just got thinking about all the passion that our guests come on to this show with, and, and I think that's what drives coaches. You know, it's their passion. is always their gas pedal, and it's amazing how many different coaches from a variety of sports just want to come on and share. The coaching community is such a wonderful and unique community. Yeah, there's so much energy and enthusiasm. I'm feeling it a little bit. I mean, we were just talking off air. We just came out of an open gym session where I got nine guys in there from seventh graders all the way up to juniors, you know, and it's, I'm invigorated. Like I'm excited. I almost was yeah, like, get your juices getting, flowing. Yeah. yeah, I was almost like getting here because we got a bunch of sports going on right now, right? We got baseball, lacrosse, tennis, track. And for some of these kids to put some work in in their, their season sport and then come want to shoot some baskets. Uh, was really, really energizing. You know, I left him in good hands with my brother, the mm-hmm. other coach, Gerstung, and uh, had to come do this podcast, though, because I'm excited. What are, you, what are we talking about tonight? Anything on your brain? No, not much. You know, we were speaking about how in a school like ours, a very small school, that we gonna, are going to have to have student athletes that are going to have to be willing to do the small things and and grind when no one else is watching we call those invisible hours right and when you're hunting those invisible hours and you're really really moving and grooving and having an intentful uh, workout that's what's going to be the different ma- difference maker when everybody's watching come november or you know if, you know if you're if your thing is football if your thing is baseball you got to quietly do that work when no one else is watching and do the work that no one else wants to do if you want to be a separator Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things, speaking of small schools, that I've really tried to reinforce with my players is I'm I'm no longer really calling them basketball players. I'm referring to them as athletes. Because for me in our school, our our programs at Akron are not gonna survive and thrive without multiple guys or girls playing multiple sports. You know, our girls programs this year, despite all the COVID issues, have just been unbelievably awesome in terms of their performance. You know, and a lot of that is because we have athletes that carry over from one season to the next. And that's what you need to have or that's what you have to have, excuse me, in a small school 
to have those types of competitive programs. And so I'm, my focus big time heading into the summer here as we close out school and into the summer is just to recruit athletes, just get kids out and pump them up. And even if they don't see themselves as an athlete, you know, get them out for the cross country team, get them out for the soccer team and experience it. And, and definitely know what your why is, you know, the, the self-confidence booster, the fitness uh, levels improving that these kids will have by participating in the sport uh, is kind of my goal. So, yeah, I mean, that's where my mind went when you talked about doing those unseen hours. For me, the kids that want to be the separators, they'll put that work in outside of the season. But I just I'm really excited that we got guys in the gym. You know, we got, our track team is loaded. Our lacrosse team is loaded with, uh, in terms of numbers. Now we got to start getting that skill set worked out too. Yeah, if you have, we've gone through a year where there was no opportunities, and now it's up as up up to us as adults to provide these opportunities that they miss. So I celebrate you, you know, being that um, athletic director and making sure that that's one of your big time priorities. Well done, coach. Yeah, we'll see. We got a couple more minutes in that role. So (laughs) we're going to do as much as we can while we have the title for sure. For sure. Well, why don't we get into a little bit of word, a little bit of faith? Sure thing. I went to John 15, 16 today. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And I just gravitate to like, what can we do through God's power? And what can we do to bless others because of what he has done for us? Yeah, that's such powerful words. I think that's right. The service piece to that is so good. I think that's part of the, you know, just to tag the last part of our conversation. You know, we talked about the why. I think once you know what it is, and if you're trying to make other people's situations better, you're you're going to get fulfillment out of that. So good. You know what? Speaking of fulfillment, and I, this is going to lighten the mood a little bit, but it has to do with this idea of faith and talking about it. I uh, signed my kids up. I'm going to brag a little bit here. But I signed my kids up for um, a local group, hopefully a guest that we'll have on soon, um, with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, FCA Buffalo. Mm. And my kids signed up to participate in their, you know, summer training camp, I think they called it. It's like a four, eight-week eight week program where they read through the New Testament and they have, you know, special guests on. And Coach Sean McDermott was actually on the other night and it was so exciting because obviously my worlds are colliding right buffalo bills and you know god so in faith hmm. so he gave He's some inspi- yeah gave some inspiring words and actually you know and this is the blessings that we have huge bills fans in our house and one of the things they're doing for you know trying to just ramp up participation and commitment levels they gave away bills tickets for all the home games fca buffalo is doing this as part of the giveaway and my daughters were watching the other night and out of nowhere they call out my daughter emma as a winner of two tickets to the monday night new england patriots come on absolutely so i was so pumped um my daughter didn't even know she's like December 6th, that's like a Monday. Do they play on Mondays? This is that's how much great. My, this is how much my daughter really is into football. And then I explained to her what a big deal that was. And she was just super excited. So 
uh, that's kind of my share of the week. So hopefully um, the Bills are ready to go and there's no injuries come December because I want to definitely see them beat the Patriots. Yeah, and you'll have a Bills fan for life. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. One Monday night Bills mm-hmm. game is equivalent to like eight regular season yeah, home games. So. It's a special one. It'll be it's good. a special one. It'll be good. But hey, listen, we got a really great yeah. guest. So let's get out. And when we come back, we'll be joined by, uh, I'm going to hold the name because I'm going to leave people waiting. So we'll see you after the break. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. All right, guys, super excited. Beyond the Ball is back. Uh, Coach Eric Klonbaum, Justin. And we're joined tonight by Coach Adam Gordon. Coach Gordon, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on Beyond the Ball. As always, I love to start out the podcast by saying our mission statement is to celebrate others that are using, you know, sports to elevate and act as a blessing to other people. And, uh, you know, Justin and I came across rising coaches and it became one of our favorite follows. So, you know, just explain to our listeners uh, what rising coaches is all about. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, You know, we started rising coaches back in 2010 and and what it is, is a community uh, for basketball coaches, regardless of level experience or age. You know, um, I started it, with Andy Farrell, uh, we're the two co-founders, and we were both on staff together at Clemson. And uh, we we shared an office. It was really like the storage closet, but uh, it, it turned into our office. I was the GA. He was the video guy. And, uh, you know, every year we would look at – there was a big event called Villa 7, which would, like, tab the next wave of up-and-coming coaches. And, of course, we were never on that list. And, uh, you know, there were all these like there were some other events like that that were very exclusive. And if you got selected, you know, they they you had access to all these great resources and they introduced you to all these great people. And, you know, we really we just sat there summer after summer like, hey, like, how can we be a part of something like this? And then one day it clicked and we just said, you know what, we're going to start our own thing. Uh, We're going to try to provide you know, great content, great resources. More importantly, we're going to try to connect coaches with each other and we're going to make it open to anybody who wants to come. Uh, and so that's how it started. Uh, that was 11 years ago. That first year, I think we had 30 guys and, and to see where those 30 guys are now is, is pretty special. They're all crushing it, uh, in one way or another. Um, but each year it just grew and grew. It took on a, a life of its own and, and, um, you know, it's 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 really cool to see where it is today. So your services will connect other people and then you guys can bounce off ideas uh, with each other. How is that done? Yeah. So we started it with a conference. So we started it with the Rising Coaches Conference, which we did in Vegas right before the AAU tournament started, like the day before. And, um, 
you know, that, that was successful. And so we added a final four event, um, where we just kind of rented out a sports bar and, um, watched the games together. And that was it really for like nine years. And then in 2019, um, I, stepped away from coaching and kind of took a leap of faith and, and decided to do this full time. And at that point we created a, a, a membership model, a year round membership. So now what it is now is a little different than what it was when it started. Um, but yeah, there's a year round membership where you can join it's 120 bucks and, uh, yeah, it gives you access to our member site, which hosts, you know, our 11 years of amazing content gives you access to Zooms that we're constantly doing, discounts on, on all of our events. Um, and then we do a lot. You know, it's it's there's a message board. There's there's people posting ideas and job leads and things like that. But but again, we do a lot to connect our members with each other. You know, we're just big believers that, you know, the the you know, it's great to write letters to head coaches and, and try to network with those guys and, and, and girls. But like the most valuable thing you can do is meet the people who are at the level you're at, because as you guys know, this industry changes really quick and it's those friends that you meet along the way. Those are the ones that end up helping you. And, and, you know, number one, you know, become great friends, uh, but, but also help you professionally too. So that's kind of been our, our recipe and it's, it's been cool to see it come to life over the last 11 years. Adam, such a such a great thing. I we actually coach and I have a former athlete that we've both coached in different levels that is at the lower division three and now at the division two level. And it speaks to exactly what you were just saying. He just moved positions from one job to another, kind of across the country, based on a relationship he had with another guy, same kind of position, from a grad assistant to a video coordinator. And as they've kind of moved up together, they've they've stayed in contact. One thing that I would love to maybe feel out or work out with what you just said about rising coaches is your platform. Was it designed as a place to make those connections or was it designed as a place to like do more like X's and O X's and O's and kind of like build like a knowledge base? What was the original platform? What do you see, see yourself as now? Um, yeah, originally it was, it was to meet each other. It was like a social thing, but we always, I mean, from, from that very first event, we had unbelievable speakers. We got really fortunate. Um, and I think, you know, we, we, we were smart with strategically placing our conference in the same spot as the AAU events. So essentially all the coaches in the, in the country were there anyways, uh, so it wasn't a big deal for them to come. Location, location, location. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we did that right, if if nothing else. Um, but we we always at the beginning we asked them to talk more about leadership, talk about navigating the coaching profession, and so that's that's what we started this thing with. But now that we have a year round membership and we're trying to, we we went from providing content twice a year to providing content pretty much every day. Now with that, you know, we've, we've, we really dove into X and O's and, um, you know, so, so now we tackle both. That's, that's so good. Now you did say in there that you took a leap of faith back in 2018 to make this your full time. What was that situation like? Walk us through that 
decision-making process? Because I can imagine if after working so hard to get into the coaching profession, you know, mm-hmm. and, and make your way that way to, to give that up and go a different direction. What was that process like for you? Uh, it was pretty terrifying, uh, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head. Like, uh, I had spent 17 years, you know, just so career-driven and determined to become, you know, a college head coach and uh, to walk away from that after all the time and effort, you know, I'd put into it that, you know, that was on my mind. The other thing that, you know, I'm sure other coaches can relate to this. Like, you know, the other thing that was on my mind was like, what else can I do? Like, you know, I I got a degree in adult fitness, you know, um, I guess I could be a personal trainer, but I'd probably have to get in shape for that. Um, You know, it's just like, you know, the unknown of like, this is all I've done. All I've done is coach ball. Um, right. So just trying to figure out what to do next, and and as I was going through that, I was like, oh wait, we we did start a company ten years ago. I, it is pretty good, and we always said if we could put more time into it, it could turn into something special. So you know, let's let's give it a shot. And you know, obviously, I couldn't have done that without like the support of my wife, um, who was all in from the beginning, and you know, was just like, we got to do whatever makes you happy because you know, that's ultimately the only, the only thing that matters, right. Is, is like our, uh, our family's happiness. And, and so the career stuff is, is all secondary, but, um, yeah, when I did, you know, I, I really thought about it for a long time. It was, it was probably over the course of like four months. And, uh, as each day passed, I became sure and sure. And then, you know, when I finally pulled the trigger on it, it was like complete, honestly, it was complete relief and like, right. It felt like a kid on the first day of like summer vacation um, for about for about three months. And then reality set in and it was like, oh, wait, I got to pay bills. I got to I got to right. build a business. But, um, yeah, it was it was definitely uh, an experience that um, was was really challenging. But I'm glad I did it. So, Adam, I've got two questions for you. My first question is, as and I love the explanation of the transition into into the business is what about rising coaches uh, fuels the fire? What about it, what it's growing to be and what you want it to be has really fueled you through difficult times? Well, it's just helping people, right? Like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we've done a lot. Um, We've been really fortunate to be able to help a lot of people get jobs and like move up through the profession. And, And even now, because it's been 11 years that we've been at it, you know, there's people we can look back at you know, that in 2011, we helped them break into the profession. And now they're like, you know, a, a division one associate head coach, uh, awesome. you know, or there's just so many success stories. Um, so, so that's the part that's like really exciting to me. Um, and then the other thing is just like, uh, everybody that's come through the organization over the last 11 years has really kind of taken ownership in it. Uh, so it doesn't feel like this is like, you know, me and Andy's company or me and Andy and Brandon's company, or like I'm sitting here trying to build this thing. It really does feel like a collaborative effort of everybody that's come through the the group and the community. And, you know, we, we just got so many people that continue to give back and support us, which, which is really, you know, that, it makes you feel like you're still part of a team, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, my next question to follow that up is, and I know you mentioned earlier, you guys love getting together and having a lot of Zoom calls. Um, and you also said, you know, this this profession is constantly changing. So immediately I wanted to ask you, like, in those Zoom calls, what are some buzzwords or buzz conversations that really get the juices flowing? Is it like leadership? Is it culture? Is it the X's and O's? What 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 drives a good conversation in, in these Zooms? Um, I would say, I mean, all of it's good, right? And we, we have Zooms about all that stuff. But I would say the best ones, regardless of the topic, is when people are really authentic and, and genuine and they don't hold back. You know, there's so much in this profession where like, People feel like they got to put on this persona of, mm-hmm. of like who they're supposed to be. Uh, and, I, you know, maybe that works for some people, but like I've just never like vibed with that. Um, and so like for me, what gets me excited is when people are just like their true selves and like we can have open dialogue about, you know, the industry and, you know, the profession and the challenges of it and, you know, that, that's that's what excites me. Um, but, you know, that's kind of the beauty of what we do. And, and, you know, part of the reason we have so much content is we got something for everybody. You know, some people love the deep dive X's and those stuff. And, and mm-hmm. you know, we got that, too. And so um, but for yeah, for me personally, I, I like the open, honest combos. Adam, in those open, honest, open and honest conversations where people, you know, are authentic and maybe getting a little vulnerable with how they feel. What What is some of the lead advice that we're giving to, and I don't want to steal all your content here, but like if there's one or two things that you would message out to new coaches or coaches trying to break in, where would you have them start? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, I, I think, especially for new coaches, you know, one thing that I see a lot is like, people become like they're very close minded about the level that they want to coach at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I always just encourage people like to, to be open minded about every single opportunity because this profession is hard, you know, like there's not, it's not easy to get any job. And so like, if there's an opportunity, uh, whether it's at the high school level or NAIA or JUCO, uh, you, you better think long and hard about it. You, you know what I mean? Like, especially if someone wants to pay you to do it. Um, you know, don't, and I was guilty of this too when I was young. I thought I was going to, you know, go be a GA at, at Duke or something. And, and I ended up, my first job was a assistant Juco job that, that paid seven grand a year. And, and I loved it. It was the best thing ever. I know we all got stories like that, but I, I think that's the biggest thing for guys breaking in. Like you said, um, that, that I like to get that message out there. Just, Go somewhere where you can be around good people and you can get hands-on experience. So you're saying you, you're not, when you're a young coach, you're not really looking for a fit. You're looking for any opportunity. Yeah, I mean, fit is fit is important too, but um, you just don't be closed-minded. You know, uh, don't, don't even, like, there's, there's a lot of people that don't even listen to the opportunities that are out there. Um, Mm. and and yeah, I do think you got to listen to every single opportunity. That doesn't mean you got to go after all of them, but you need to listen. And, you know, I always tell people, you know, chances are you might not get the job. So why don't you just like put your name in, see where it goes, go through an interview process or just go through a process of trying to get an interview 
And then, you know, then if it's not for you, the more you learn about it, you can always respectfully decline and, you know, move on. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my, that's my one piece of advice that I try to give, give people. That's great. Coach, do you see a lot of in your group or maybe other coaches that aren't in your group, coaches that are not afraid to move like down levels? I know when this conversation started, we talked about, you know, everybody's worried about what level they're at and, you know, getting to that division one job potentially. Do you see a lot of coaches willing to move down? to find the right fit. We've had some coaches on here that were yeah. up D- division one and have moved back down into division two and three for different reasons. Do you see that a lot in your conversations or do you hear that a lot? Yeah. Like one of my best friends, Trey Meyer, who helped us start rising coaches. Um, you know, he was an assistant coach at Presbyterian. I mean, division one assistant coach living the dream. Right. And, uh, he just, uh, left and took a head high school job and, in Franklin, Tennessee, but, um, you know, when you look at it, like he doubled his salary, he gets to be a head coach. Um, he's in a great, I mean, Franklin's right outside Nashville, so it's a great city. Um, so yeah, I mean, you do see it, but, uh, you know, everyone's different, you know, and, and timing is such a big deal in this thing. So, uh, you know, I, it's all, it's all a unique situation depending on the individual, but yeah, we certainly do see it out there. And I think you're starting to see, that more and more like people, you know, trying to let go of the ego part of it and mm-hmm. the level part and just doing what makes them happy. I think there's a push for that in sports in general, right? Like, uh, Naomi, I don't know how to say her last name, but the, the woman that just withdrew from the French open, like there's a perfect example of, of that trend, you know, which, which I think is a good thing. I think it's good that people try to do what makes them happy rather than try to live up to some, you know, standard that they set for themselves or that they feel the industry is set for them. Not not to get too deep on you guys. Sorry, not to get too deep on you guys or anything. (laughs) No, actually, I think, Coach, that's exactly the type of stuff we want. I think a lot of us get caught up in standards or expectations or we've been doing it for so long that we should be at this level, you know, and if you're not there because, you know, life happens – you know, I think you need to hear other people say that that, that that's okay. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Eric, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I was just going to ask Adam: is is when when you're starting out getting these jobs, um, is there some uncomfortable work that most in most coaches have no idea about? Um. Well, so much of the job. I mean, are you are you? Are you talking like the college level specifically? Yeah, at the college level. So much of the job at the college level has nothing to do with hoops, which that's that's probably the part that, you know, catches a lot of people off guard mm-hmm. and they don't realize uh, from the outside. Um, I remember, again, going back to my very first job, it was a JUCO assistant job and I got it in May. And I don't think I touched the basketball until <laughs> like September. You know, like I spent the first four months putting together a dang golf tournament to try to raise money and and going door to door from businesses to business, trying to like get people to buy whole sponsorships. And I remember like being ready to quit like my first few months into it. Like, you know, this sucks. Uh, But, you know, then then then, you know, the guys show up on campus and you get to be around, you know, 
around ball and coach and do what you love and and you realize you know it's great i mean it, it is unbelievable to, to get paid to do this but yeah there's so much of it and then obviously like you know recruiting is a huge part and and you know i know a lot of people have frustrations with that and, and that can be be tough and that's changing with the transfer portal and all that um so i mean yeah th- i think that's the biggest thing is like uh, probably what eighty percent of your job is not basketball related. Um, it's it's you know roster management. It's taking care of guys. It's managing the program, uh, and then you know it's only like two hours a day. You get to be on the floor, uh, depending on where you're at. So um, that and the hours. You know the fact that it never stops, uh, which which I think is a problem. When I got into it, like you couldn't work guys out in the summer. So they were like, you were forced to get a break. And now there's no break for coaches. Obviously COVID, you know, forced a break on everybody in the world. But, um, you know, you you basically practice year-round now and mm-hmm. you recruit year-round. Um, so it's, you know, it's really hard. You see, that's what, I think that's why you see so many coaches like burn out. Um, I don't know how healthy it is. Now, there's some programs that have it right. They do it right and they – they're able to manage it, but a lot of programs just stay on the gas pedal because they feel like they they have to, and they feel the pressure, and they're worried other people are outworking them. Like, you know, I, I'm just not a huge. Of course, you got to work hard, um, but if you do, if you do you, if you worry about yourself, um, you know, I, I think you can have success that way. Yeah, I would. I would love those words. Sometimes it's about working smarter, not necessarily. <laughs> Harder. Um, Coach, the hours and getting into that, when you were in the profession, you know, how did you manage that with your family? One of our great conversations on here with a bunch of our guests is how they find rhythm with their with their family, whether they have wife or kids or, you know, a significant other. What, what did you see were some of the challenges for those trying to get in the business in terms of finding that rhythm? Yeah, it's hard. Um, everybody handles it differently, and a lot of it depends on your boss. I mean, I was really lucky to work for a guy who was really family-oriented. Uh, Rick Ray was was phenomenal with that stuff, and anytime, you know, as long as you were taking care of business, um, anytime you needed to go leave the office for a couple hours to go watch your kid's game, or, you know, if you had to take your kid to an appointment, or if you had an appointment... I mean, he was great with that. There's a lot of coaches that aren't um, and will, like, ridicule you for leaving. I've been on staffs where I left the office at, like, 9 p.m., and there were people giving me a hard time about it, like, oh, you're working banker's hours, uh, which, like, is crazy, right? It's, like, that's asinine. Um, but, yeah, you just got to figure it out. I mean, it, one of the biggest challenges is, like, the phone. I had a hard time putting down the phone. Uh, again, the recruiting never stops. Um, you got, you know, 13 dudes on your team currently who are always, you know, hitting you for something and your head coach is always hitting you for something. So like, it's hard when you get home and you're on your phone the whole time, you know, you get home at six thirty, six, whatever you got a few hours before your kids go to bed, you try to have dinner together. Like, you know, a lot of those nights I spent it like staring at my phone and then even when people weren't hitting me, I'd be scrolling through Twitter just because I was like addicted to that, trying to see 
verbal commits, like where are kids going, who's transferring. And so, yeah, just figuring that out, you know, like, you know, can you, can you set your phone down? Like try not to walk into your house on a call. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you like put your phone down in another room for like two hours a night? And then you, you can call those people back. Like as soon as those two hours are up, get back to your phone and, and handle your business. Again, not everyone can do that and not every like boss will allow that. But, um, you know, I, I think that stuff helps. I'm, I'm certainly not great at it, but uh, I try. It's a work. I'm a work in progress. Mm. So as you were trying to get rising coaches off the ground and eventually it grew legs into, you know, y- you being the CEO, did you find that you had more time with family? Um. I get to do things on my schedule, like I'm my own boss, which is cool. Um, So, yeah, I can be flexible. You know, if I want to if I want to hang out with my son at two in the afternoon, I can do that. Um, I probably work just as much, if not more, because uh, I've I've talked about this quite a bit. But like um, when you go, it kind of I kind of feel like I went through the transition of like becoming a head coach uh, where you know, it's all on you to, to have success. Right. Every, everything's on your shoulders. And so the pressure goes from being like external of like, you know, your boss is on you or maybe the fans are giving your program pressure. You know, that's external pressure. But like when you're in charge, uh, now, now that becomes internal pressure. Now you're like, you can't sleep at night, you know, because you're thinking about all the decisions that you got to make. And, and that's, that was a big adjustment for me, um, and that's hard to manage. But, um, you know, so so I guess to answer your question, like, yeah, I have, I have more flexibility for sure, um, but I feel like I work just as much, if not more. Adam, what are some of the things that you do? I think that stress, it's funny, you know, whatever level you're at – depending on how committed you are to your success. I think you always feel that stress. I feel that stress coaching a, a small high school. Uh, I can't imagine coaching a, a big time program. What were some of the ways that you maybe de- deal with that or dealt with that stress? Is there, is that conversation brought up at rising coaches at all? Yeah. Yeah. We try to talk about that stuff. And, and actually right now, I know you had Jason Fry on uh, maybe your last episode or two episodes ago. Um, and Jason is doing, uh, programming. He does the healthy leader program. So he does that with our organization. He calls it healthy coach, but basically he, you know, it's a challenge. It's a 30 day challenge essentially where, um, every day for 30 days in a row, you got to spend seven minutes exercising, seven minutes on breath work, seven minutes, uh, reading and seven minutes reflecting. Um, I mean, that's great. I mean, that stuff is priceless and, and, uh, Mm -hmm. so valuable. Um, again, I'm a work in progress. I I, I don't do, you know, I'm not great with all that stuff. Uh, I try. Um, but, uh, yeah, certainly have a lot of room to grow at that, you know, in that category. That's very unique. I love the sound of that. Is there any other unique programs like that, that, uh, you know, if, if coaches are thinking about joining, um, your little, your fraternity here with rising coaches. Is there any other programs a little bit like that? Yeah, we have, we always have stuff going on. So the other things going on right now, um, Ben Sanders, who is the video coordinator with 
the Long Island Nets, the Brooklyn Nets G League team. Mm-hmm. He's leading a, a four-week workshop at the moment uh, on putting together your coaching philosophy. Um, okay. So they meet once a week, and, and he gives them homework assignments. And at the end of that, at the end of that workshop, um, everybody will have a you know a portfolio to to walk away with. Um, we have a program called um, Coach to Coach, where you know on the first and fifteenth of each month, we pair our members up with another coach, and they get on the phone with each other and connect. So you know it sounds simple, but you do that for a year, and you meet twenty four new coaches. Right. Um, so yeah, we're constantly we're constantly trying to come up with different different ways to add value and support coaches. Um, you know, and it's it's hard during the season, um, but certainly in the off season is is when we kind of ramp up our programming. So if you can't sign up for the workshop, is there like a video link available? Yeah, all of our content gets recorded and posted on our member site. So yeah, if you can't attend anything live. Um, you can always go back and rewatch it. And, uh, and yeah, we're doing Zooms, I mean, all the time. Thursday nights, we usually do an X's and O's Zoom. Friday mornings, we usually bring in an athletic director to talk about, like, the hiring process and interview tips. So, again, we try to be pretty diverse um, and, and, you know, provide something for everyone. Adam, what do you think are like your key areas of growth that you see maybe in the next couple of years where you would like to go? Is there any areas that you want to improve on or is this kind of like a day-to-day, month-to-month process for you? Yeah, we're always looking to grow. I mean, our membership has really taken off. I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. I was hoping, you know, we would get to like, you know, 500 members in a year and Mm -hmm. and maybe 1,000 by year three. Um, and we're, you know, we're about 18 months into the membership. We've got 1,400 members, give or take. Um, so we've really been happy with that and exceeded that. But, of course, you know, we want that to continue to grow. Um, you know, we feel like we have a, a strong footprint uh, in, like, men's college basketball. And we have a lot of high school coaches. Um, we, we certainly want to grow more in the high school space. We want to grow more in the women's college basketball space. Um, and we have quite a few NBA guys, uh, but just a handful of international. Um, so, so those are areas we, you know, we look at where, Hey, we can grow, we can grow in those demographics. Um, yeah. And then there's always things that, that we want to add and, and, you know, that hopefully will come down the pipe. You know, we're looking at a, a premium membership where people could pay a little bit more, uh, to get, you know, some more hands-on career help and hook them up with an agent and, and a publicist and, and really work on their personal brand. Um, so that's something that we're hoping to launch, uh, in the fall. Um, and, uh, what else? I'm drawing a blank. Hmm. Uh, but yeah. And then the other thing, you know, is like our in-person events, which we started our company on. Uh, obviously we had to go away from that with COVID, but we're really happy that those are, those are back and we actually have those coming up. Uh, we have one in Phoenix on June 17th through the 18th and, and one in Atlanta July 6th through the 7th. Um, and those conferences are great and, and we'll continue to add, you know, to our live events. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. We're always kind of cooking up new schemes, but trying to trying to be good at what we do as well, which is a which is a balance. Yeah, you know, Adam, uh, you just took my last two questions I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you where you see uh, 
rising coaches heading in the future. And then I was going to ask you, where are these, where are these live events going to be at? So, um, just take me through my last one would be like, um, are these live meetups? Are they more, or is it like a coaching clinic? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, kind of the structure of it is it's, it's a day and a half, right? So, um, one day, you know, the first day will be, you know, a full day of speakers, um, you know, basically start in the morning. Um, we'll, we'll cater in food so people can have meals together uh, at the venue. Um, and it'll be speakers, you know, from nine to five. Uh, and then at night, we'll go to a restaurant or bar and do like a little happy hour type deal, finger foods, cash bar or, or, or free drinks. Um, and uh, that's, that's, a, that's always been our recipe for success, guys, is like, free food and beer and people tend to show up. So we try to stick with that. Uh, and then the second day is, is usually like a half day where you go nine to noon, uh, with speakers again. Um, so we try to do both. We try to definitely, we cram in some amazing coaches and speakers and great content, but we really are mindful of connecting our, our attendees with each other. And, you know, our goal is that you leave the event with like some new, like genuine relationships and new friends in the industry. And, and so far, you know, in our 11 years, I don't think we've, we've failed to deliver on that with our events. Adam, uh, in these clinics, give me one person, maybe, maybe two or three that you were like, wow, that was transformational. I, I would, I would advise everybody that can to, to sit down and speak with this individual. Oh, there's been so many. I mean, we've had so many speakers over the years and, and some really phenomenal ones. I guess the ones that stand out, like Buzz Williams is is a fantastic speaker and like can can hold the attention of a room for like two hours, which is about what he did. Um, mm-hmm. And then Quanzo Martin at Missouri is like an unbelievable speaker. Um, those two probably stand out for me, but... Again, there's been so many, so many great ones over the years. And the cool ones for me are the guys who this is this is what's cool. The, the fact that we've been around so long is we now have guys who started off coming to the events that now are speakers, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's really cool because you see there. I mean, they literally were in that chair uh, that the attendees were in, you know, five years ago. And now here they are in a position where they're able to come back and, and give back to the group. So those guys are always really, really good too. Always looking to serve, Coach. We love it. So you mentioned, I'll wrap up with this, and this is kind of a lighthearted one. You had mentioned coaching at Duke earlier in the pod, and today it breaks that Coach K is going to be entering his last season. Will that get you out of retirement to head back and apply for the Duke job? Yeah, my agent's been talking to their athletic director for the last <laughs> few weeks. Um in fact, I think that's why Coach K retired, is he heard that I was coming after his job. No, uh, I don't think I uh, – that is crazy, by the way. It's just crazy that, like, one era of college basketball yeah, is, is exactly. ending uh, with Roy Williams and Coach K. And, you know, I'm sure there will be a handful more in the next few years. Um, but, uh, but no, I don't, I don't miss it. Uh, I, I love what I'm doing, and and uh, I'm sure if Duke called, I'd probably I'd probably take that job. But um, I'm not really looking to get back into coaching right now. Maybe later in life, um, 
but but not at the moment. Oh, that's so good, Coach. Well, listen, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, we can't wait for uh, us to drop this episode, share this episode out. I, I know we have a lot of coaches in this Western New York area that listen that uh, would definitely be intrigued by the services mm-hmm. you have to offer. But just so many great insights for us, too. So, again, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you, Eric, and thank you, Justin. And, uh, yeah, risingcoaches.com is the website. Um, so if, if anybody is interested, again, we're open to all coaches, regardless of level, age, experience, um, just a bunch of ball coaches trying to connect and, and, and talk about what they love. So, What's your Twitter handle, Adam? Uh, at Rising Coaches. We keep it real awesome. simple. We're not very yes. smart. We can't remember much. Confusing. That's right. We keep it simple. We appreciate you coming on. It's been great. Thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. Blessing to every coach out there. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten.